Hello and welcome to another episode of Marriage in a Tightrope. I'm Alan. And I'm Katie. And we're still married. Here is how sometimes this podcast goes. Is we look at each other and we say, oh, we have something to talk about. Oh, we have 30 minutes before the kids get home from school. Let's go record right now. Super professional, right? Super professional. You get what you pay for <laughs> when it comes to marriage in a tightrope. But we are uh, happy to be with you today. We're going to cover really two things. I would love Katie. I mean, I do love Katie. But I would love if Katie would give a little recap of how the women's retreat went over the weekend. And then uh, as part of that, uh, we received some news during the women's retreats while we were there. Uh, which I think we wanted to talk about that topic a little bit today as well. So, Katie, how was the retreat? <laughs> oh my gosh, it was incredible. I think it was. I don't want to, I hate like, I hate like being like, oh, it's, I did an amazing job, but. You coordinated an awesome event. Yes. I mean, we talked to a lot of the women that came. I was one of two males in the room uh, <laughs> because I was doing. Um, audiovisual, and then the caterer's husband was there helping her <laughs> as well. Uh, and honestly, a lot of a lot of people said, if we're if we're going by percentage of women who shed a tear, it was very successful. <laughs> is, that, is that the hallmark of? Well, it is very hallmark. It is, it is very hallmark. <laughs> no, that it, honestly, I, I thought it was it was uh, a really really cool event, and just great to get everybody in the same space to talk with one another. Uh, you did a good job coordinating it, putting like people with in the same little breakout groups and just oh all gosh. the little things. You thought of uh, a lot of the different angles to have a successful event. Right. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll just uh, go with it and talk about it and why it was successful, I think. Uh, before, you know, I we actually did this event, I had a lot of thoughts about like what the goals were. And the goals were always connection, healing, and growth. I wanted people to be friends. I wanted them to connect. I wanted them to heal. And I wanted them to grow within themselves. Because so many of us can't control. I mean, I can't control what Alan does. I can't control what my family says to You've me. You've tried. Oh, yeah, I've tried. <laughs> That's backfired. Um, no, I, I can't control anything around me. But what I can control is what is inside me. And that's what I wanted this to be about. I wanted to be about what can I do to to do some healing and inner work in order to keep going with the things that are happening around me. And so um, we started off with a breakout, like a fun icebreaker night. And I asked my friend Kate to come and teach Zumba for 30 minutes. And I was, she was like, both of us were pleasantly surprised that you know, all of the women at least tried it. And then, you know, if they want to take a break or whatever, but it was so fun. And the whole point, there was only 30 minutes of Zumba, but there was two and a half hours of just connecting and talking. And can I just say, it is so brave of a woman to sign up for this and come by herself. That is so huge. We had a lady who came from Idaho and she came with her husband and her husband didn't come to the retreat, but he hung out at the hotel and she came to the retreat. And that I just think like, gosh, that takes a lot of guts to like come by yourself when you don't know a single person and you're hoping just to meet someone in your shoes. And that's what they did. And so the first night was a just super fun night, easygoing. 
And then the second day was really like the meat of the retreat. We started by having a good friend of mine who actually was a primary teacher for me. (laughs) And then she ended up in our group and I'm like, wait, what's going on? (laughs) And uh, she was kind enough to come play three beautiful songs for us. They were so perfect. They just kind of flowed with the program and she just did an excellent job. She also saved us because our mic system stopped working. Yeah, all three microphones that they taught me how to run just kept shutting off like all the batteries were low and she brought her own sound system uh to play her music and so we just used her her speaker and microphone and it worked perfect it did work perfect i was i anyway that was like amazing but um then we our first opening speaker was janet johnson spangler and she knocked it out of the park she talked a lot about um, the inner work we can do about vulnerability and how to share with others. And really, I mean, it was full of so much packed information. And um, I think that, in fact, I got a text during the during her speech. And a woman was saying to me, I am like on the verge of tears because this is exactly what I need to hear. That was like 10 minutes into the day. That was 10 minutes into the day. And so I felt like it was going to be a really good day. The other thing I did was I sent out an intention list to everybody. And I said, you know, look, I know that you're coming and you're coming from a place that maybe someone's familiar with, but it's not the exact same as every person, right? But I want you to come with the intention of of being... um, compassionate towards others, curious, and to show empathy for other people. And, you know, just like come as you are, but also bring your best self when it comes to connection and healing with these other women. And I really feel like that set the tone because everyone came with that mindset. And, you know, it didn't matter where you were in the spectrum. We had lots of post-Mormons. We had post-Mormons who are them and their spouses are out and they still came to the retreat. Mm-hmm. We had people who didn't know who I was because their friend brought them, which how dare they? We, no, I think that that's the ultimate compliment. Yeah, yeah. They felt safe enough to like ask their friend to come with them and their friends just like, uh, what am I coming to? I'm just showing up and talking about my feelings. Um, so we had these great, great bu- um, breakout groups and, you know, I tried to group people in similar situations, and one of my friends was like, "I didn't realize that where I wa- where I stood until I started talking to other women, and then I realized, oh my gosh, like I feel more, more like they do than I thought, and you know, it's just it's a chance to be seen and heard, uh, and then." We had Carolyn Pearson. Oh, my goodness. She's a peach. You want to talk about Carolyn? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So Carolyn Pearson came on and uh, she she read some of the poems from her most recent book, uh, which is about Heavenly Mother. And she read some of those poems. And man, when she gets, I should say, and woman, when she gets into like poetry mode, She's so fun and such a force because she's an, she, she's an artist. She'll go from just a regular speaking tone into this very deliberate 
poetry voice where every syllable, how and when it is said, creates such and invokes such inner emotion. <laughs> you guys should see Alan. He's clenching his face. I'm really acting eyes. it out hard. But it's so great. Uh, and and you know, honestly, from coming from someone... This was a good gauge for me because I knew she started it out, and I thanked her for this afterwards. She started out before she started talking about, or excuse me, reading her poetry. She she brought attention to, I know many of you are all in in the church, but then there's also some of you who are atheist. And she used the word atheist. She did. I really appreciated that. Mm. And I told her, I'm like, thank you for actually using that word. A lot of people don't want that word on their mouth or on their breath. And and so I really appreciate you uh, saying that. So listening to her talking about it was it was it was less about a deity and it was more about feminine empowerment uh, in a very righteous way, not in a offensive way at all. Yeah. And, and I thought, man, trying to straddle the line to to deliver an impactful message to people who are all in and people who are all out is a difficult task, and she nailed it. She did. And her book is called Finding Mother God. Thank you. Finding Mother God, yes. And it was just such a delight. We were running short on time. We gave her the full time, but I wish we had had more time for questions Mm -hmm. because she just, you could talk to her for so long, and she has just such an um, interesting outlook on life. And how things work. I I mean, she's an artist. That's all I can say. Yeah. Um, and then we had this incredibly amazing catered meal, which like, This yeah. is the FOMO. We should just title this FOMO. FOMO. This is the title of this episode, FOMO. And, oh my gosh. It was incredible. And then <clears throat> Allison Pond is a award-winning journalist. She came out from Washington, D.C. to talk through what it means. What, it, what do you do when you journal? And how do you journal? And not... In the, like, Mormon, this is my record for my posterity. This is actually not what she talked about at all. And after she spoke, during the first, she would do these breakout groups, and she took them through an entire guided um, writing exercise. And the raw feelings and emotions that came from that were palpable. And women were just... They, they felt like all these emotions, this one woman told me, I didn't realize I had all these these emotions bubbling under the surface. And when I expressed myself on paper and through this writing exercise, it was like a light bulb that I have so much work I still need to do on myself. And that's the power of, I have, I love, have a love for writing, but that is the power of writing. And while uh, the other... While one group of um, women were doing a journaling exercise, another group of women was were doing yoga. And, you know, I actually went in um, downstairs and sort of thanked the both the yoga teacher and then the owner of Purify, who was doing the sound baths. I just, you know, thanked them for what we were doing. And, and the yoga teacher, she's like, tell me what's going on. So I just explained to her where these women were and why we were doing it. And it was very meaningful to her that I told her because she was, she's in the same space Mm. and she had no idea. And it, so 
it, I think that creates a better connection, right, in, in your yoga practice, especially with the teacher and their students. And then the sound bath everyone raved about, it is unlike any other, and I don't even know if I can describe it, other than um, the owner, Holly, w- did it for three hours, and it was just a completely new and really great experience for a lot of women. Uh, and then after that, we, you know, raffled off a ton of prizes and said goodbye. And, you know, I know a lot of women want to keep in contact with each other. And so we'll probably create like some Facebook groups so that they can talk to each other and connect. But we really just had such a genuinely good day. There were so many people that came from out of town. Like, and I mean, not like just Cedar City or St. George, but from Idaho. Yeah, we had Idaho and California and Arizona. um, Yeah, a good group from Arizona. Singapore. (laughs) Singapore. Maybe not. I wish. No, we just, we had um, people come in from all over for it. And I don't know, it's kind of scary thinking about replicating something like this. Right. Because I, I feel like everything went perfectly. I'll be honest, it did. Everything went went really well. Like without a hitch. Um, that, I don't know, it's kind of scary for me to think like, oh shoot, could I do this again? Could I do it again somewhere else? I don't know if I could, but well, I'm super proud of you and and honestly, those that are listening that came, thank you for the support. We hope it was very helpful. Thanks uh, to the husbands who supported their spouses. Yeah, that coming. too for sure. There were a few. Um, there were actually three or four women who told me that it was their spouses who kind of said, "You need this. You mm. need to go," and they're the ones that pushed them out to come and do this, and they were so glad they did. That's great. Now. I do want to recognize the FOMO and those people that are listening to this going like, oh, we live so far away or it didn't work for whatever reason. Connection, healing, and growth, right, are the three three things that, that you just said. Um, these events certainly make it easier to accomplish those in a short amount of time because you have everyone in one space. But what are some ways that listeners here can uh, accomplish those same goals with connection, healing, and growth? When you were explaining all of this, I was thinking of that question. And I think, I don't, I'll just open that up to you. Like, what, what do you think are some ways people can connect? Okay. For so, example. Okay. So people can connect through the Marco Polo groups. That's a big one. So if you want to go to the Marco Polo groups, you go to our Facebook group. And in the announcements, it's not the pinned announcement right now, but open up the announcements. And one of those posts has links to various Marco Polo groups. Uh, the the men, the same exact weekend, there were, I think, 15 or 16 men that went up to Banff, Canada to do their own little retreat. And surprise, surprise, that, in, that really just involved skiing and eating food and doing loud, boisterous karaoke all weekend. Uh, so not, not maybe <laughs> healing in its own way <laughs> yeah. and connection for sure. But that's where those Marco Polo groups are. And there's a lot of different groups, regardless of what side of belief you are or if you are the wife or husband. Uh, in the relationship we have facebook we have the facebook group Mm -hmm. which is a little more impersonal you could also come to any of the meetups that we do you could go to the map and drop a pin as to where you live the map's a big one and we hasn't been updated for a while so if everyone went to the map and just updated like dropped a pin and just said hey this is how you can contact me if this is where you live um 
that would be great because then we could actually hook you up with people who live in your area, wherever it might be, because there's people all over. I've heard some recent success stories of uh, on the of the. Oh, map. have you? Yeah, <laughs> that people people were like, I, "This is how I found another." It was in the Marco Polo group. Someone told me that I found another person in my small city. Uh, going to the map and reaching out and saying, "Hey, do you still want to meet people?" And they said, "Yes, we haven't talked to anyone, and now they're friends." Right. Like that's that's a really good resource. That's also in the announcements in the Facebook group. Yeah, healing. healing. Uh, okay, so I think with healing and growth, there are two thoughts. One thought is women. I I, I believe that women and men. It's not just women. Women and men put themselves last on the list. They have their jobs. They have their kids they have so many other things going on and it's not very often that they decide to do something for themselves so i'm, I'm gonna say make this is like a mental health plug for um for their inner mental health selves. inner mental health selves like you're, you're not going to be able to get healing or growth if you are not willing to put in the time that mm. you deserve to be there whether that mean you know some sort of physical activity some kind of meditation practice some sort of like workshop or something that you're interested in that would be uplifting to you Mm -hmm. because it's going to be it's going to be very different across the board depending on tastes and everything but therapy is a good option (laughs) right we love therapy um we have our workshop coming up that's a way that you can connect you can connect with others in the group and heal and and growth um you can learn how to talk about these subjects and how to move forward with them. Um, and that starts February 27th. Yep, that's right. We'll talk a little bit more about the course towards the end of this episode. But thank you for walking through those things. We don't want people to, we wanted to make sure that everyone understood like what this retreat was and how it went because I know that we've talked about it a little bit. But we also want people to know like you can still connect, you can yeah. still heal, you can still grow. Just because you missed this weekend doesn't mean that you're stagnant. Someone asked me what it was, and I explained it to them, and they said, oh, it's like a wellness retreat. And I and I said, that's exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. It's a wellness retreat. Um, you know, towards like the middle of the day of this, this retreat. Is our, this is our segue into the, segue the, into the second one. Second topic. Um, I got an email from the principal at the school um, and notifying us that a child at our kid's school had, had passed. And I was kind of in shock and was feeling a little bit nervous because I don't know why, but for some reason I kept thinking, I wonder if this is a kid, you know, inside of one of my kids class. Right. And sure enough, within 30 minutes, I got an email from the teacher saying that it was a kid that was in the same class as my, my eight year old son. And I like, my heart was pounding. I felt sick. And I thought, okay, I don't know if my son's ever talked about this kid. I don't, I don't remember hearing about them, but if, if he had a connection to her, I'll just say her, um, if he had a connection to her, then it's going to be super, super hard and painful for him. So I called Alan and I said, Hey, this is, this is what's happening would you please wait until I got home so that we could talk to him together? And I appreciated that. I mean, it's uh, that's an important part of not just religious discussion, but these big moments uh, where 
where really serious topics are coming up, I think it's best to do together. And it was hard because I was I was home with them for another seven hours before Katie got back from the retreat. Yeah. And I I am not a man of patience. I'm a man of instant gratification. I wanted to talk to him right away, but I did not. We distracted ourselves with having a good time going to the Nickelcade and doing some other things. Then I got home and I didn't want to go to church on Sunday and have all the kids be talking about it and have him not know. And we've got early church on Sunday and it was kind of late when I got back, but he was still awake. And so Alan and I sat down with him and our daughter who goes to the same school. And I told him, I said, um, Zach, I'm really sorry to tell you this, but this girl in your class has passed away. And Alan, what was his reaction? At first, the first like three or four minutes it was just kind of fidgeting in the chair, didn't seem very impacted by it. I mean, this is this is probably the first really close death to s- someone that he really knows. So it was, it took a second to sink in. I think he was like shocked. He was a little bit in shock, yeah. But we were, when you started to explain, you know, Katie did a really good job this, and we, we each... Also, the following day, I had a one-on-one with him because he wanted to talk to us individually. I was so happy that he asked. Like, He went up to Katie and then about 30 minutes later came up to me and said, Can we speak privately, please? And we walked up into his room and he just wanted to talk about this girl. Well, Katie mentioned, because he wasn't reacting emotionally at all, he said, Katie said, you know, on Monday when you go to school, it's... There's going to be There's counselors. There's going to be counselors. This is what it's going to look like. And you might see some kids acting a lot more sad than you are or than other kids are. And that, when you see that, that might make you sad. And it's okay to be sad. And it was at that point that he kind of realized what this meant, I think, and how it was going to look over the next couple of days. And then he started to get a little bit emotional. Yeah. he Well, he sat down on his chair and just started crying. He started crying, and he was able to put words to it, which I was proud of him for. Uh, he said, you know, I, I ne- I'd never sat next to her. She was always on the other side of the room. And I always thought she was really nice, and I wish... I remember thinking I, I should say hi or get to know her, and I always wanted to get to know her, and now I'll never get the chance. And that was that was a knife to the heart. That was really hard to hear um, and hard to revisit, to be honest. Well, the next day when he asked me to come to his bedroom, he wanted to talk about it because we just encouraged him. We said, anytime you want to talk about this, let's talk about it. You know, we can be sad. We can have questions. And we always just come to us. So he asked to see us privately in his bedroom and we went to his bedroom and I went to his bedroom first and he said mom I'm just feeling really sad about her and I said yeah I am too buddy and he said I want to do something for her and and I said that would be great and she just happened to be in a wheelchair and so he said I want to draw a picture so he he drew a picture of an, a wheelchair and then her, she's standing next to it and someone is saying to her, good job. 
And oh my gosh, I lost it. <laughs> it made it made me cry because I think kids have such a simplistic way of recognizing that this is a hard thing and you know what? She's free from her wheelchair and it's it was so simple and it but I just it was so deep down like piercing to my soul. And then um the other thing that happened is we we also found out on Sunday a close a, a baseball coach that my kids had um died a couple weeks ago and we had just we were just hearing about it. Yeah, and that was that was difficult. That was back when I had more time and I was one of his assistants uh for a few years with the boys. Uh, our two oldest were on the same team with him. He was a great guy. He was super positive. He gave Hayden the nickname Tic Tac uh, because he... No, Hato Potato. Hato Potato, but he also called him Tic Tac. Well, that's that's because the other boys... This is the story of Tic Tac. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> Sorry. I had to tell this. Um, one, of, uh, one day, he had, a, he had some Tic Tacs in the back pocket of his pants, and he was running around, and his teammates were like, what do you have in there? It's, it, it sounds like Tic Tacs. And he pulled it out and said, it is. So from then on, they called him Tic Tac. <laughs> right, right. But we just found that, that one out last night. And it was like, geez, man, when it rains, it pours sometimes. Uh, you know, my talk with Zach, and and I think it's telling what we're not saying. And I'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. But when Zach wanted to talk to me, our eight-year-old wanted to talk to me, we talked about, you know, what can we do? Because he expressed to me again the that regret that he didn't know her better and now he's not going to have that chance. So we kind of talked about how those things happen in our lives and it's not always with death that, you know, first day of school you recognize, oh, there's someone that has moved to Idaho or uh, we almost moved to Georgia and you could be the kid that people are wishing they knew better. So this is a sad moment. We can be sad about it and at the same time we can learn from this experience and say, now is the time to go and do the things and meet the people who we want to meet. Don't wait because they might be gone the next day and not always in a sad, permanent way. Uh, and, and he appreciated that. Uh, I'm interested. He's getting home from school in about 15 minutes and we're both interested to see what it's going to look like, uh, when, you know, he gets to school and the counselors are there and they're talking about it and he's with all the other kids Imagine it wasn't it wasn't a, a super fun period of time today, but we'll we'll talk to him and, and see how it went. I even asked him, "Do you want to go to her funeral?" And he said he would like to go, which mm-hmm. I thought was very interesting. So, I mean, yeah. I, different kids grieve in different ways. So we didn't talk about religion. No, the religious aspect of it, and. Uh, that was that was notable to me, uh, only in the in, in the respect that I think that we were following his lead in in the conversation. We were kind of allowing his questions to dictate what we talked about, and uh, we we were ready to to broach that topic with him if he asked us. Well, what happens after? And we have talked to him about that. He has asked about that in the past, but in this case, he did not. But what were you thinking on that? Well, I will say that when I was alone with him and he told me about what he wanted to draw and and what he, and then he drew it. And I said, 
You know, Zach, I really love this because I believe that that she's free from her wheelchair too, and she's she's with Jesus. That's what I that's what I think. And he just smiled, and that was it. That's the only kind of religious mention that I made. But I I agree. We just followed his lead, and we were willing to answer any questions or thoughts he had. Right. Yeah, and he didn't ask me about what I thought, so I didn't offer it up. But uh, that's that's an ongoing conversation, this topic. And I appreciate the way that, that Katie, you handled it, and it wasn't, wasn't heavy handed. It wasn't, let's use this opportunity to, to solidify our views in their minds. It was, there is a kid in need that is going to be feeling things that he's never felt before. And let's support him the the best way that he needs right now. And we had like a family meeting last night and we talked about both, both cases, both the coach who's passed away and this friend at school that's passed away and it's heavy. And, but I think it's very important to teach the kids. It's what we do about it. What are we going to do? How are we going to show our love to these families? And so I told the kids to be thinking about what we could do this week to show our love for them. And one of the kids, the, the coach who passed away, he has a son that's the same age as our boys. And that's something that I really want to make, um, like bring to the forefront of their mind is, you know, we're, we're the ones that are going to be there to help and love and comfort and lift someone else. So we need to take action and do it. Right. Sometimes, sometimes we're the lifters and sometimes we're the lifted. And in this case, we need to be some lifters. Right. Good thing I go to the gym every day. <laughs> Do you even lift, bro? I, I, I don't even lift. You don't. Bro. Even lift. Yeah. So, uh, thank you, everybody. I think that's what we wanted to cover today. Anything else that you wanted to cover, Katie? No. I, oh, we extended the sex and intimacy class for our workshop. So, if you would like to join our workshop, um, you can get it for free until. Valentine's Day. You get the sex and intimacy for free, not the whole course. No. <laughs> you pay for the course, you get sex and intimacy as a bonus. Right. So this is a six-week course with Natasha Helfer, where we go through with mixed-faith couples, teach them some good strategies to strengthen and grow in your mixed-faith marriage. And yeah, if you sign up before, uh, was it next, what are we saying? The four, yeah, the, before Valentine's Day? By, I mean, by Valentine's Day. By Valentine's Day. Day, yes. Then you get that seventh Even week. on, we'll do on Van, Valentine's Day is fine. That's yeah. right. That's right. So a good Valentine's Day gift for your spouse. Thank you, everybody. If you do want to sign up, you can go to Thinkific. Excuse me. That's marriageandatightrope.thinkific.com. And there is a link to the February 2022 course. Uh, if you have any stories you would like to tell us, please email us at marriageandatightrope at gmail.com. We also have opened up a invitation for you to record your own story and to send us the audio for it for us to release it. This is part of our strategy of getting getting couples that are more towards the beginning of this journey to uh, to tell their stories. It's so healing, speaking of healing, like we did earlier, to hear the stories of other people. So there is a post in our Facebook group that you can go and search. I was the author of it. So if you search Alan Mount, you'll see uh, the, the, the post that starts, there is power in hearing other people's stories. 
That post contains five questions. I think it's six, actually, questions that you can use as kind of a framework on recording a 40-minute or less episode all on your own. And then you send us the audio, and we will release it. We'll throw Ben Platt on either end of the of the audio and then and release it in full. So if you're interested in that, we'd love to hear your story. Thank you so much for listening to Marriage on a Tightrope, and we'll see you on the next episode. We're going to see that it was better That we grew up together Tell me you don't want to leave Cause if change is what you need You can change right next to me When you're high, I'll take the lows You can ebb and I can flow We'll take it slow And grow as we go